Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com or you can download our free Living Truth app. Now here's the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah 36 called A Historical Narrative. Verse 15, nor let Hezekiah make you trust in the Lord. Watch out for those people who tell you to trust in the Lord. You ever get one of those voices coming at you? Yeah, this Christianity thing's cool, but when those people start telling you to trust God for like everything, I mean, that's, isn't that just becoming a little fanatical? I mean, don't you see what's going on here? Don't you see the odds here? Hezekiah is saying, trust in the Lord. The Lord will surely deliver us. Now, look, he's obviously gotten some information about how the people have been being encouraged. This city shall not be given into the hand of the king of Assyria. He's saying that to you. Do not listen to Hezekiah. For thus says the king of Assyria, make your peace with me. Literally, you could translate this. Make a blessing with me or make a covenant of surrender. Come out to me, my friends. Come to me and eat. Each of you, his vine, you know, rather than that terrible stuff I told you you'd be eating if you defy me, hey, you can eat your vine, you can eat your fruit from the fig tree, you can drink clean water from your own cistern. Come to me, my people. Come, make a bargain, make a covenant with me. It'll be just fine. Can you hear another voice behind that voice? Yeah, it'll be good. Until I come and take you away to a land like your own land. Look, when I put the rings through your nose and pull you along by the rope and take you and, you know, take you uh, to my land, you'll love it. You'll love it. See, when I take you to my land, it'll be just like your land. Yeah, you'll be a slave and all, but don't worry about that. The details, details, details. Just come away. Make a covenant. Surrender. I'll put the ring in your nose. We'll pull you along. Try not to break your flesh or anything. We'll take you to the land, a land of grain and new wine. Those are two staples in Israel. A land of bread and vineyards. It'll be great. It'll be wonderful. Come on. Now, there you are. Very low numbers, very low morale. And here's this guy with a huge army behind him. And you're on that wall. What are you going to do? Do you believe still? I, I, I believe when I go to church on Sunday, but, but there's a huge army out there, and I don't know. Beware, lest Hezekiah misleads you, saying, the Lord will deliver us. But see, there's somebody else listening right now, and you're, you're starting to get the feeling that he's not happy. Has any one of the gods of the nations delivered, verse 18, his land from the hand of the king of Assyria? Where are the gods of Hamath and Arpad? Where are the gods of that place? And when have they delivered Samaria from my hand? That's the area of Israel. Who among all the gods of these lands have delivered their land from my hand that the Lord should deliver Jerusalem from my hand? Hey, all the gods are alike you. I mean... We can tell. Everywhere we go, it's the same story. Our God, our God, our God. And then we, then we take the people out, and then their gods become our gods, and they're all the same. That's kind of what they felt. 
And they were silent. There's the people, 21. And answered him not a word. For the king's commandment was do not answer him. Don't, don't say anything. <laughs> Have you ever been with somebody? <laughs> and you say to them, let me do all the talking. Don't say anything. Because when you speak, things get messed up. If we want your opinion, we'll give it to you, okay? Just nod. Then Eliakim, the son of Hilkiah, who was over the household, and Shebna the scribe, and Joah the son of Asaph, the recorder, came to Hezekiah with their clothes torn and told him the words of Rabshakeh. They said, O king, here's what he says. What are we going to do? Now you're King Hezekiah. What are you going to do? They've torn their clothes. That's, that's in Israel, that's a sign of, uh, of remorse. That's a sign of repentance. That's a sign of sorrow. They don't care. They're not trying to impress anybody. They just tear their clothes. King, man, we're, this looks horrible. Now we're going to move into chapter 37 and do seven verses and we're done. And when King Hezekiah heard it, he tore his clothes. He covered himself with sackcloth, which is camel's hair. Very uncomfortable. And where did he go? And he entered the house of the Lord. And Jesus said, My father's house will be called a house of prayer for all the nations. Hezekiah, he doesn't respond. He doesn't try to find an escape hatch or pick up his cell phone and call the Pharaoh. He says, I'm going to the Lord because he's got no place else to go. I'm going to go to the place of prayer. I'm going to go to the temple. I'm going to go to the place where I can seek my God and I'm covered in sackcloth. And he sent Eliakim who was over the household with Shebna the scribe, verse 2, and the elders of the priests. Everybody was covered with sackcloth too. And they go to Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, the guy they haven't been listening to all along. But now they're dressed as if they're ready. They go seek out the prophet. They go seek out the Lord. And they said to him, thus says Hezekiah, this day is a day of distress, rebuke, rejection for children have come to birth and there is no strength to deliver. They told him, NIV verse three, this is what Hezekiah says, this is a day of distress and rebuke and disgrace as when children come to the point of birth and there is no strength to deliver them. The image here is a mom who's in labor and she can't push any longer. She's done. She's, she can't even uh, muster up an ounce of strength to fight any longer. And that's the image that the king sends to Isaiah. We got nothing left. But that is where God begins. You see, when we got nothing left, we got nowhere else to go. Lord, we're going to... You know, sometimes what we do as people, we all do it. We say, okay, nothing else has worked. I think now I will pray. And God says, and even when we do that, even when we come to the last part of ourselves, he'll still meet us. And he says, perhaps, I like that, verse four, the Lord your God, the king is speaking now, will hear the words of Rabshakeh, who has, whom his master, the king of Assyria, has sent to reproach or ridicule the living God. I like how Hezekiah puts that. Hoping that God's, Lord, do you hear that? 
and will rebuke the words which the Lord your God has heard. Therefore, here's the word to Isaiah, would you offer a prayer for the remnant that is left? Here's the message. The king gets on sackcloth. All the nobles put on sackcloth. The priests put on sackcloth. Some of them go to Isaiah. The king goes into the temple and everybody's praying. And the message is, please, Isaiah, pray to the Lord your God. Pray. See if he's been listening to this guy. See what he's going to do. And so the servants of King Hezekiah came to Isaiah. And I want you to see what Isaiah says. Isaiah said to them, Thus you shall say to your master, the king, Thus says the Lord, Do not be afraid because of the words that you have heard with which the servants or underlings, NIV says, of the king of Syria have blasphemed me. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, he will reap. And Isaiah, I don't know what, I guess a word came to Isaiah. I'm not sure. Spent time in prayer. But he says, don't even fear these guys because the Lord's heard. And here's what happens. Behold, I will put a spirit in him. That's the king of Assyria, verse 7. Final verse for tonight. So that he shall hear a rumor and return to his own land. And I will make him fall by the sword in his own land. And we'll see this in the next study. But he hears a rumor. And do you remember when Rabshakeh, he came and he said, Oh, what are you going to do? Fight with words? Is that what you're going to do? And look at the irony of God. God doesn't fight force with force. He doesn't assemble an angelic army. He sends him a spirit where he believes a weird rumor. He says, oh, i got to go back to my land. See you later. And everybody goes away. And all of a sudden, he ends up dying there. And he dies by the very thing that he mocked Judah about. That they would somehow win with a word. And people say to us, what are you going to do? Preach to them? What are you going to do? pray? Yeah, that's really been working for you. Right? And those mocking voices come. You're going to do it with a word? What, you're not going to fight? You're going to preach that gospel that you say that has power? You're going to pray about it? And then you watch. And then that person gets in trouble and says, uh, would you talk to the big guy upstairs for me because I'm going through a tough time and I'm sorry about what I said about that whole pray and the way I wave my hands. And what do you say? You loser. (laughs) No, you don't say that. (laughs) But you're tempted to say it. See, all of a sudden, Mr. Big Shot is sent packing. Where'd the king go? What happened? What, why aren't we fighting? I don't know. He heard some story about somebody over there, and he's gone. Packed his bags. and Really? Yeah. No more attack on Judah? No. no. I mean, that's it? That's what God did? Subtle? Kind of sneaky? Yeah. God can do that. You plant something in your mind, and it's all over. Give you a spirit of stupor. Night-night. You're done. I mean, do you remember Nebuchadnezzar? Right? 
You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. We'd love to see who's listening. So please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. See, all of a sudden, Mr. Big Shot is sent packing. Where'd the king go? What happened? What, why aren't we fighting? I don't know, but he heard some story about somebody over there, and he's gone. Packed his bags and... Really? Yeah. No more attack on Judah? No. No. You mean that's it? That's what God did? Subtle? Kind of sneaky? Yeah. God can do that. You plant something in your mind, and it's all over. He give you a spirit of stupor. <laughs> night, night. You're done. I mean, do you remember Nebuchadnezzar? Right? Okay. You don't want to give me glory? Get ready to be a rock and roll star. I mean, uh, you know. Sorry. Anyway. Raymond Ortland. He's talking about faith. So he says, there's the story. Why is it in the Bible? Why is this permanent public record of God's word, why is it there? Because unbelief still snares at faith in God. We still lose our nerve. God is still there to deliver us if we'll get real with him. He only wants us to trust him with daring faith. If no one ever thinks we're crazy for the way we stick our necks out and trusting the promises of God, are we really living by faith? If no one ever asks us to explain the hope that is in us, 1 Peter 3.15, is our hope any different from their hope? Is our Christianity so audacious that it requires nothing less than a religious conversion to enter in? One reason we see so few conversions today is that our Christianity isn't an alternative to, uh, to convert to. It's padded, safe, predictable, worldliness with occasional stop-offs at the church. We think it's God's job to ensure our undisturbed routines. And God thinks it's our job to prove how real he is in the world today. We are often weak. But to get fresh courage, we don't have to look inside ourselves and ask, how much faith do I have? We should look to God and ask, What new steps of audacious obedience do you want me to take right now? How can my life be a prophetic statement to my generation that you are a reliable Savior, as you've promised? Thinking in terms of God first, we will find new courage. A passage like this raises searching questions. For example, do our committees and boards at church make decisions by bold faith, by a bold faith, In our homes, do we raise our children to live with boldness? Personally, when was the last time you made a major decision that was so clearly of God and so clearly not of yourself that your conclusion actually surprised you? Are we shocking anybody by our faith? 
If God were to show us in one instance the full meaning of living by faith, we might all gasp and say, quote, nobody can live that way, not in this world. That's why he keeps throwing our lives into upheaval. He wants us to experience, experience what it's like for him to come through when the only thing that will suffice is what is directly and immediately of God. He wants us to be a living proof that he is real as we dare to treat him as the greatest ally in the universe. Do you believe that? That's what this is about. Let's pray. Well, Father, we are grateful that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. And we do, Father, want to come in humility. You are opposed to the proud, but you give grace to the humble. Lord, we want to confess collectively that we, we all could have increased faith. And this story, Lord, is there because it shows us that even when the morale is low and the odds are so uneven, God is our greatest ally. We don't always understand how you work. We don't always understand all the details. But we do understand, Lord, that you are Emmanuel, God with us. And as we study the subject of courage and faith, we see that courage and faith is always linked to your promise of never leaving us or forsaking us. And so that's how we exercise faith. We have, we have placed faith in a great God. His ways are higher than our ways. Sometimes you put us in situations that are way over our heads, Lord, but you do that to show us how great and how big you are. So tonight, we just want to stay in that attitude of worship. We just want to ask you, Father, to increase our faith tonight. May you grow us. May we increase in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. May we be changed from glory to glory. May we grow in faith, in the knowledge of your will, and in the expectation that you will do great and mighty things if we will only call upon you, Lord if we will be in tune with your spirit, if we will realize that faith is the conviction of things not seen, without faith it is impossible to please God, and by faith men of old gain their approval. And so we walk by faith and not by sight. And that's our issue, Lord. We, so much in this world is all, it's visual, it's what we can touch, feel, taste, see, and you're telling us to operate on a different plane And that's not an easy place for any of us to be. And so we're just asking for your help tonight. We know that you're more than willing and able to help us. If you'd keep your heart bowed, if you've not met Jesus Christ, the first step of faith that you must take is to trust in his sacrifice as full payment of your sin. Without that sacrifice applied to your life, God will judge you. But the good news is that he so much loved you that he took your penalty He became a man, he died on a cross, though he was totally innocent, he was taking your punishment there. And if you will, by faith, trust in him, receive his promise of eternal life, your new life will start right there. But you must believe. That means you must trust him. So if you'd like to turn your heart to him tonight, trust in him as your Lord and Savior. If you have any doubt about your salvation, Just know that he's brought you here tonight to 
have you come to him by faith? Faith is the channel by which you receive his grace. So if you cry out to him, tell him that you're sorry for your sin, tell him that you, you want to start a faith journey in trusting his son, you believe that he died on the cross for you, you believe that he rose again to defeat your greatest enemy, death itself. Tell him that you want to trust him with new things and new dimensions and levels of your life. He will meet you right there. All he asks is that you'll turn to him and be real with him and come just as you are and be willing to humble humble yourself under his mighty hand. And he will meet you right there, whether you're physically or metaphorically on your knees, he will meet you right there and he will save you. So cry out to him tonight if you don't know him. If you're a saint tonight and maybe your faith has been a little bit challenged or low, pray that he'll bring revival and refreshment to your spirit and if you're here on the front lines and maybe there's lots of arrows sticking out of your shield I just pray that God will strengthen you for the task ahead thank you that you are faithful Lord bless your people we ask in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus Christ You've been listening to A Historical Narrative, Part 3 on Walk in Truth. That's Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah 36. Hey, if you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on our Free Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, we'd love to connect with you. You can email or send Pastor Michael and the team here a letter. We love mail. You can get all the contact information at walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. But our email address is contact at walkintruth.com. That's contact at walkintruth.com. And here's our mailing address. Are you ready? You can write Pastor Michael at P.O. Box 2063, Corona, California, 92878. That's P.O. Box 2063, Corona, California, 92878. Now here's Pastor Michael with a final word. Well, maybe you feel like you've been challenged lately by the world or family members or coworkers, you know. You can't trust that God of the Bible. Why do you have that belief system? You know, why this? Why that? Maybe they see you as judgmental in the office or uh, narrow-minded. Don't lose heart, brethren. Uh, you know, the way is narrow, and Jesus said he is the way, the truth, and the life. And you follow him because, you know, man is fickle. And don't let the fear of man be a, be a stumbling block to you. Don't let it be a snare. Rather, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. Keep acknowledging him in all your ways, and he will make your paths straight. That's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. This is Pastor Michael Lance. You're listening to Walk in Truth as we walk through the book of Isaiah. We're excited to present it to you, and we're going to be moving into chapter 40 of Isaiah as we begin to look at God challenging the false gods of the nations. And of course, this fits well with what we've been looking at in the historical narrative in the book of Isaiah and the Assyrian threat and all of that. And the God of the Bible will begin to challenge all the false gods of the nations, clearly setting himself apart as God. But we will open with an incredibly powerful chapter about comfort and hope and that God will not forget about us. And sometimes when we look around the world and we see war and pestilence and famine and all of these things, we're like, Lord, where are you? But the Lord will say to his people, 
Can a, a nursing mother forget her child? I won't forget you. And, you know, if you're listening right now and you're feeling kind of lonely and, you know, maybe you, you feel a bit forgotten. That's what Israel said. The Lord's forgotten us. And the Lord basically says, no, I haven't. A nursing mom won't forget her child. In fact, I call every star by name and I know your name. That's where we're heading as we look at the tremendous chapter of Isaiah chapter 40. This is Pastor Michael Lance. This is Walk in Truth. That's a little preview of what's ahead on the program. And remember that we are available here for you. We have listeners, part of our listening family, that call for prayer. Uh, sometimes they have a Bible question, just need some encouragement. A number available to you, Pacific Time, 9 to 4, Tuesday through Friday, is 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844 844- 48 truth. We have loving, wonderful pastors who will pray with you and for you and try to encourage you. Thanks for praying for us. This is Walk in Truth. We'll be airing Isaiah chapter 40 next time, and we're excited to present it to you. Keep us in prayer. We love you. We'll see you then. And just a reminder that this is a listener-supported ministry. Would you consider becoming a partner for just $5 a month? We're blessed to know that the teachings reach thousands of listeners like you every weekday through our radio partners and through the podcast. We could use your help for the price of a cup of coffee. If you've learned something from Pastor Michael's teaching, or if you've been encouraged, please help others like you. Visit walkintruth.com to donate. That's walkintruth.com. And join us tomorrow for Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah 40 called The Second Isaiah. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.